Hello, this is Dr. Marty Lustick, Senior Vice President and Principal with NextGen Advisors. Welcome to our podcast series. I'm joined today by my colleagues, Graham Brown and Dr. Betty Rabinowitz. Welcome to you both. Good afternoon, Marty. Hi, Marty. Hi. November 10th through 12th, NextGen is going to be hosting a virtual version of our annual user group meeting. Both current users and other interested providers are invited to attend. And since NextGen advisors are going to be presenting on several topics, we thought we'd use this time to give a bit of a sneak preview. On Tuesday the 10th, our topics will be dedicated to strategic issues of interest to those in leadership roles. We've got two presentations that day, and we'll be repeating them in the general sessions on Wednesday and Thursday as well. Let's start with the presentation on aligning incentives. Betty, can you tell us a little about what you'll be covering and why you think it's important? Thanks, Marty. I'm really excited about the physician incentive, aligning incentive topic. It touches on a very important uh, leadership task in every practice, which is determining how to create compensation plans, in this case we're focusing on physicians and APPs, that drive the, the right culture and the right behavior and change uh, that an organization wants to drive among their uh, physicians. And we're going to talk a little bit about the theory behind incentives, both motivational theory and self-determination, as well as behavioral economics and what logic uh, drives designing a rational and a thoughtful, impactful compensation and incentive plan for physicians. So I, I'm really excited about uh, the topic. Great. Graham, I know Betty's going to talk some about the theoretical background she just mentioned. Can you talk, just give us a little idea of what you're going to be covering? Yep. So I'm going to build on Betty's elements. So as she said, she's talking about behavioral economics and motivational theory. And how my, my part really is to think about how do we put those concepts into action? So it's a little bit more process focused and I'll cover some of the best practices around how to convene and lead a compensation planning committee, how leaders can align their organization goals to physician incentives, um, how measures should be selected and what type of measures are actually impactful and motivating for providers, um, as well as strategies for communication and engagement. So we're going to try to cover really both the practical side as well as the theoretical approach to um, address this really important, as Betty was saying, quite complex topic that a lot of leaders can be challenged to undertake. Well, that's great. And I can tell the audience I've already learned a lot just from uh, watching you guys get prepared for it. So I think it's going to be a really great presentation. I'm going to be doing the other presentation on that day on contracting. So I'll tell you a little bit about that one myself. I'm going to actually take an actual contract that one of our clients uh, was generous enough to share with us and go through at a fairly detailed level to try to help folks see how the health plan put together their proposal for that contract and what, based on my background having worked in a health plan, what I think their thought process was in that and what that means to the provider to try to take some lessons about 
what's really important to pay attention to as you're entering into a contracting process and how do you how can you make sure that you're entering into a relationship because that's really what the contract speaks to that's going to be successful for you both in the short term and in the longer term so i'm particularly excited about your session marty because i think it's a unique opportunity for leaders and uh, practice uh, administrators to have a window into the thinking and inner workings of a health plan as they uh, come put the contract together and there are layers of intent and method that are not transparent and are not obvious uh, i've learned so much listening to you uh, analyze uh, these contracts and I think people will leave with a very keen awareness of how complicated and uh, nuanced uh, these issues are around these pair contracts and that it takes knowledge and expertise to be able to really outsmart and uh, negotiate these contracts very well. So it's it's a very unique opportunity. Our uh, UGM participants are going to have. Yeah, I think that I agree, Betty. I think it's going to be a really interesting one. It's an area where I, I know Marty's going to touch a little bit on the potential pitfalls that organizations fall into and really reading between the lines in the language that shows up in some of these documents. A bit of a, a bit of a teaser is Marty shows just a little bit of the redlining within the pages of this, what to look out for. And there's a lot of highlighting on those pages where if you're misinterpreting the language, if you're not thinking about how these parts fit together and what the impact of one section might be on another section, uh, many provider organizations find themselves in contracts that they can't survive in, they can't live up to, and they're gonna lose a lot of money in. So I think uh, it'd be really great for them to get some of Marty's insights here. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I feel a little bit like I'm putting on my Darth Vader outfit to show them what the dark side of the force really looks like. Uh, and unfortunately, I think it's going to kind of confirm uh, some biases that are already out there, but it's still, I think, important for people to get insight there. So I'm looking forward to it. All right, we move on. Graham, you're going to be doing a presentation on how to make the most out of a consulting engagement. Can you tell us a little bit about what you'll be covering there? And Yeah, so this is one... Um, you know, I think a lot of organizations are sometimes fearful about using an outside consultant. They uh, they don't think they need to go to that level. They don't necessarily think that they can't deal with the challenge internally. And often, so right up front, we're going to address why use the uh, why why use the services of an outside consultant. And it often relates to the need for a deep area of subject matter expertise and also recognizing that a consultant can help you through a difficult decision-making process or help bring parties together in a way where you as a leader don't have to be the convener, you don't have to run the process, you can actually be an active participant in the process and ensure that your perspective and voice is heard instead of having to be the one that moves the mechanics around and make sure an outcome uh, happens. So we're gonna talk a little bit then about um, that overview, when to use a consultant, and then we'll go a little bit through the life cycle of an engagement. So how organizations should prepare for a consulting engagement, what do they do upfront and in advance of bringing somebody in. We'll talk a little bit about how to govern a project effectively, what to look out for, how to make sure that stakeholders uh, and the right stakeholders come to the table, 
and then how to manage the implementation phase and the transition into operations. This is one of the sessions that's going to be available to UGM on an as-needed basis, so they can listen to it outside of a scheduled specific time slot. There's a lot of presentations in UGM that are going to be available in that way. So it's one that if folks are interested in, they can come to uh, at their leisure and at a kind of ad hoc basis. Great. I learned a lot from uh, that presentation, uh, Graham. I, I think that laying out the different phases of a consulting uh, engagement is incredibly helpful. Some of the pitfalls, some of the things that uh, folks need to be careful. I thought there was a very transparent and candid conversation about how uh, these engagements are priced and what is to the group's advantage, how to go about negotiating the pricing of these um, projects. So it it really was a how-to, a 101 and 102 for any uh, group thinking of asking for outside kind of consulting around uh, practice redesign, strategic um, imperatives, uh, or any other topics that they're addressing with consultants. In some ways, it reminded me of how you guys commented on my talking about the health plan. With your background in the consulting world, Graham, I think you're able to give folks some a lot of insight into how to approach that in a way that's going to assure success for them so yeah good well i mean the 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 byline on this one is how to get the most out of your consulting engagement that really is the intent is that um you know organizations need to use consultants for various matters so how do they make sure for the dollars they're going to spend it really turns into a successful project that works for their team members and works for their leaders and works for the organization going forward interestingly marty you had mentioned before when we were talking about uh this how interconnected these topics are. Frequently, organizations will get an outside consultant to help redesign compensation plans and uh, aligning centers because it's a task that's so well managed by an objective outsider for the group. It's so emotional and fraught with uh, uh, expectations on either side that a third party is so useful and helpful. So uh, it's interesting that we will touch on how to design a good compensation plan, what principles kind of are the underpinnings of it, how to use the consultants to help uh, if you're going to get outside help uh, for it. And at the end of the day, much of what you put into your compensation plan for an incentive plan is dependent on what you've negotiated with your payers who often end up funding uh, those Uh, quality incentives or other components of the compensation plan that are flexible and uh, creative. So it's almost full circle. We come at at almost the same issue from three very different uh, angles. Let me move us on to the next topic we're going to be presenting on. And we've been hearing from providers across the country since the beginning of the pandemic. And we're going to do a session that's really just relating stories from what we're calling our virtual road trip. Betty, can you talk a little about the general themes we'll be covering? And uh, then, Graham, I'll ask you to share maybe one of your favorite examples from some of what we heard. Yeah, thanks, Marty. We spent quite a bit of time or have spent quite a bit of time with our 
with clients from across the country, really listening and talking to them about how COVID uh, and the pandemic have impacted them. And what we thought of doing is sharing some of the themes that have come up from those conversations. And there are some groups who we've spoken to their leaders uh, two and three times uh, since all of this has started. And we divided all of the themes into a few groups. The first was really talk about the impact of the pandemic on an organization and, and the stories we heard regarding that. The second theme was the challenges. What did people struggle with most uh, as the pandemic uh, began and as it has uh, um, continued? The third uh, topic is uh, necessity, the mother of invention, because we were struck about uh, by the incredible resilience and inventiveness that groups deployed uh, when the pandemic started and we'll share some of the best stories of that uh, with the audience. The virtual wave is the next uh, topic and speaks for itself about the quick and fast and furious implementation of virtual visits that occurred across the board with the pandemic and some we'll share some experiences and stories about that. There's an interesting uh, chapter that we'll devote to who slept better at night. We identified types of groups, types of practices, ownership models, leadership styles, where groups fared better than others. And we will highlight what, those, uh, what the characteristics of those groups were. And finally, we'll spend some time telling you uh, how leaders from across the country uh, are looking to the future and what uh, groups are planning, what groups are fearful and hopeful about uh, in the future. So very much the voices from uh, this virtual road trip that we have been conducting basically uh, since uh, the middle of March. Great. Graham, you want to put out a teaser, give us your an example of your favorite creative intervention that you saw someone use? I, I will share one, but I'm not going to steal the thunder of UGM. So I'll, I'll share because I've got a few that come to mind. So it, it won't be the one that I'll share uh, when we get into December. I think one of the things that really was encouraging to hear from a behavioral health group was how the resources and, and skill sets of the behavioral health team were used across the rest of the providers and the rest of employees within that organization. It was a multi-specialty practice. And they, they really recognized that the whole practice was going through some level of crisis, that there was a lot of despair, there was a lot of anxiety, there was a lot of change occurring, and there was a lot of uncertainty. And the behavioral health team really reached out to their colleagues. They supported them. They gave them coaching. They gave them guidance. They really transformed, I think, how that practice, uh, what their culture was like, how they how they interacted with each other. And they became a much more supportive practice through this period of time and really, really helped each other in a way that I don't think they recognized that they either needed to or could before. Um, so it wasn't so much of an innovation per se in, in operations, but more in their cultural alignment and in how they, they worked together and relied on each other as a team. And that was a, that was a fascinating story to have learned and was one that we actually previewed a couple months back when we did um, 
when we had one of our provider uh, colleagues join us in a, in a different seminar and she shared a great story of that. So I think that's one I would highlight here, but I'll, I'll save a different story for UGM. Thank you. No, that's a great one. I, I agree with you. I think it was, uh, it was really a meaningful uh, change in that group. So we have one other session that we're gonna be doing and it's called Roadmap to Value-Based Care, Maximizing Value and Managing Risk. Graham, I know you and I are going to be doing that. I'll ask you to talk a little bit about what we'll be covering. Yep. So for this one, we used kind of an interesting approach, which was helping leaders understand uh, their organization, understand their provider landscape, who are the other providers in their community and what type of organizations are they, and then also understand their payer landscape. Then help them really think about how do they put together a roadmap to translate that knowledge of who they are, where they wanna go and who they're gonna do it with into a tactical plan to approach their managed care contracting to help advance their participation in value-based care arrangements. Um, so I think it, that's kind of the structure of it and I'll, I'll let you go a little further on uh, what some of the highlights might be. Well, I'll just say, I think you did a nice summary of what we're gonna be covering. In some ways, it's kind of a complement to the contracting presentation where I'd look very specifically at one contract and, and try to show what issues are raised by that. But this session, we go into quite a bit of depth about how to prepare yourselves before you actually ever get to the negotiating table so that you have, as, as your own organization is ready to come to the table and is anticipating what the issues are going to be, is uh, somewhat selective about the health plans you choose to work with because you now understand enough about yourselves and the rest of your environment to know which ones are the ones you're most likely to be successful with and have a long-term uh, sustainable value-based relationship with. So I'm excited about sort of the combination of those two and how they're going to play out. With that, thanks to my colleagues, Dr. Betty Rabinowitz and Graham Brown, uh, for sharing your perspectives today. And thank you to our listeners for joining in. Don't forget the UGM meeting is actually about two weeks away on Tuesday, November 10th through the Thursday, the 12th. And if you're interested, please uh, check out the NextGen website at nextgen.com and you can enroll if you're not already enrolled to join us. Uh, if you've enjoyed today's discussion, you should consider subscribing to our podcast. This is Dr. Marty Lustig with NextGen Healthcare. Have a great day.